much for answers Two lost souls trying to find the truth But never gave a shit I'm from Heartland, New Brunswick, originally, which is um, on the St. John in, on the St. John River Valley in the southwest of New Brunswick. Um, and I was in university uh, playing on the hockey team when I was 21 years old, and uh, I got out of a long-term relationship at 21, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. And, and uh, yeah, I wanted to live in the mountains and kind of be part of that that the culture which I kind of grew up seeing in movies and and uh, I was actually playing hockey with a guy from Camor and I was going to go to Banff and uh, he invited me to come come there for the summer with him instead so I did and then I kind of got to know the local community and and um, I left after that summer and then I returned about a year and a half later in the winter and I've kind of been my, my ID says Canmore, and it has for the last eight years. So <laughs> that's what I call home, I guess. Is it a small place in New Brunswick that you're from? Yeah, it's like 800 people. And I grew up in the country outside of, of that town, like in a small community. So I'm kind of accustomed to the small town lifestyle. That, uh, I mean, the East Coast has a very particular sound when it comes to music. Does that mm -hmm. inform any of you, the music that you play? I think it does, yeah. I, like, I, I've had a lot of people kind of say that they hear that influence the with, like, the 16th notes and the fast stuff, I guess. I kind of, I always kind of simulate it more to, like, the, from growing up listening to punk music, but I guess it's kind of deeply ingrained in you, whether you, <laughs> wouldn't matter what you try to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in there deep, so... <laughs> With, I mean, let, let's talk about punk music a little bit because you kind of fall under this banner of like um, guys that front punk bands that do acoustic projects. Mm. Um, but guys I guys that know, get kicked out of their own bands and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> That is. <laughs> <laughs> or guys maybe that are trying to see if there's life after punk rock i don't know but <laughs> but do you come from that like world like were you in a band before because if you were i don't know of it i was in like a really funny like you know high school or punk rock band with my buddies kind of thing but i think that our premise was we would play one show and then like never play another again <laughs> but make sweet t-shirts and that kind of thing right something that just <laughs> never really stick, yeah. yeah exactly right <laughs> something um, that just never took off really <laughs> yeah it was i i've always just kind of played solo um kind of out of i guess necessity because i am a bit of a wanderer and not being in one place too much and i like to travel and it's kind of easy to do it on my own i mean i love i love playing i have a backing band now that i play with and um and i love playing with I, like I, I love playing with those guys and it's super fun but uh, I don't know also I'm a songwriter and I, I really like the connection to the song when it's just you and a guitar and and um, but yeah I think it started maybe more out of necessity and that's just kind of where I was at and it was easy to just play shows on my own and and not be too organized. <laughs> Just show up. <laughs> show up with a guitar and you're good to go. Who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's playing. <laughs> he wants free beer. <laughs> go ahead. Do you, do you find that opens up more avenues to you? Like, let's say, like, from growing up in the punk scene for us, it's like you're kind of pigeonholed to where you can play. Yeah. But someone like you could play a punk show, but you could also play, like... Mm -hmm. Which is kind of, it's, 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 it's terrifying being that person. It's like, because you don't ever feel like you fit anywhere, kind of, you know. It's like, you show up at a punk show and you're like, wow, I, like I'm playing mellow acoustic songs. Like, but um, it definitely allows me to, to um, kind of infiltrate different groups and mm -hmm. stuff. And um, 
I guess I, I like I, I feel most comfortable in the punk kind of scene, but uh, I don't know that that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I mean, I, I'm doing country kind of stuff too, and whatever else. So, it does. It it definitely allows you to um, be a bit more of a chameleon, and I don't go where you need to go. Yeah, and it's and it's hard. Like when you're when you're touring solo too. It's like you take any gig you can get a lot of the time, or I have. <laughs> so you kind of—it's—it's it's like if you don't want to get booted out, sometimes it's like okay, I need to tone it down a little bit for this one, or you know, if it's a—you'd you, learn how to play the room a little bit differently, I guess too. But Makes sense. Yeah. So let's talk about you know your newest release. It's on One Week Records, and for mm-hmm. those who don't know, uh, it's Joey Cape's uh, record label where he invites an artist to come. Uh, stay at his house and yep. record an album or an EP or whatever it is. How does a guy living in Canmore, Alberta, Canada, get connected with Joey Cape? Um, it's like a really weird, weird thing how that happened, and um, it's like when you're playing music, and like you, like if you do have the goal to like move forward, or you know what I mean, like you want to. Um, We'll, not, we'll, we'll say make money at it or, you know, try to make a living at it. Yeah, sure. You're like, okay, I need this, that. Like, I need to make, I need some things that happen to help that, help my career or whatever. And, and like, everybody always says, oh, you just need that one person to see you and you'll, you know, you'll make it or whatever. It's bullshit like that. And, I, like, I don't believe in that. But um, with with Joey, it was like, like, I, I was about to go on tour and my one of my good buddies, BJ Downey Book, was putting on this show for Joey in Calgary. And like the earlier that day, I was like, "Hey man, like I need a ticket for the show tonight. Can you hook me up or whatever?" That was the one at Sate. It was the one at uh, Broken City. Oh okay. And um, so I was like going on tour the next day, so I was just coming into the city to go to the show, anyway. And then I was gonna head out on tour to the West Coast, and um, and he got me on the bill like two hours before because KJ was supposed to play, but he was going to ACDC in Edmonton. So there was like this <laughs> slot opened up. <laughs> so ACDC made your career ACDC is what you're saying. ACDC and KJ Jansen <laughs> made my career. <laughs> so, I, so yeah, I got on the bill and um, and I didn't like, I just kind of, it was really rushed and it never caught, like I knew Joey had this label, but I didn't even think about it. Like, wow, maybe he'll like my shit and put a record. like. I never, it never really crossed my mind. I was just like, shit, I got to get to Calgary and play this show. And I was like, yeah, going on tour and flustered. So, so I played and Joey was actually like in the back room, like hanging out when I was playing and Brian Wallstrom and, and Walt Hamburger were there watching and they really liked it. So they like drugged Joey out <laughs> and they, they'd been partying in Edmonton the night before and played there. So they were, he was tired. And so he comes out and he's like, yeah, he's pretty good. And then he like goes in the back again. <laughs> And uh, so it was more like Brian and, and Walt that kind of spearheaded it. And, um, like, Brian was like, yeah, man, like, you should come do a record. And I was like, <laughs> absolutely, you know, like, let's see what happens. Like, when that, when people say those kind of things to me, I'm like, yeah, that'd be really great. Like, let's just see if this is real or not. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, they they uh, they kind of kept forcing Joey to listen to it on that tour. You know, they'd be like, oh, let's check out Seth's demos again or whatever. And, and eventually he... Um, he called me and invited me to come down. And I actually have a photo of him calling me <laughs> that Walt sent me. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I mean, what was that phone conversation like? It was hilarious. It was like something out of a movie because I, uh, I was in Vancouver, or I was in Victoria um, at my friend Matt, Matt Good's place, or Matt Good's place. Um, 
and the reception was really shitty. So Joey calling, he's like, hey man, I really, and then we cut out. Love you to come to cut out. <laughs> and I was like, shit, I can't hear you, man. <laughs> and I'm like running around the front yard, like, fuck, <laughs> trying to, like, so it, it was funny. Like, I, I was like, I think you're inviting me to come do a record, but I'm not sure. I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was like the conversation. It was pretty funny, but um, yeah, I was like, I was really stoked. <laughs> so what happens from there? I mean, he calls you up, says, let's do a record. You're mm-hmm. hoping that's what he said on the phone yeah, and not showing up to a house and being like, hi, I'm Seth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it actually, like, it moved pretty quick from there. Um, like, Joey's an insanely busy dude. Like, it's amazing being down there, too, like, seeing how much he does and how, like, he's, he's like, very efficient in what he does, too, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it was, like... Um, I think I talked to him in October, or I met those guys at the end of September, and then I went and recorded in, like, January. So I sent him a whole bunch of demos, and um, I kind of just, like, left it up to him for the song selection because I hadn't recorded in about five years, and I had, like, a lot of songs that I just... And I had been working a lot and just writing. So um, I just sent him, like, 50 songs and said, all right, man, like you're the boss what do you think like what are we gonna go with and, yeah and he just picked the ones where i'm like i wasn't gonna let anybody hear that shit <laughs> <laughs> that's too close to the heart man. <laughs> but yeah he picked like i was kind of happy with it because he picked songs that i was probably a little scared to put out there and so that was kind of nice to be pushed but it moved really quickly and um before i knew it like i was in san francisco <laughs> staying at joey's house yeah yeah well, you said you had like 50 demos what's your writing process like do you just like sit around and just be like oh like something uh-huh. clicks and you just kind of yeah I don't know. like I I like try really I get really frustrated a lot and I try and I try and nothing happens and then I like, give up and uh, I think I'll never write a song again and then I write a song <laughs> that's kind of the way it seems to work you know or it, usually a lot of my I think with most people Unless you're a guy like Joey, who's just like he can just write a good song, like that's he just does that. Like he's one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. But for like, a, we've had a 25 year career at it. Too, yeah, right? and I, and we talked about that a bit too. Um, I'm like, man, like I like I sit down and I fucking cry and I write a song. Like that. I don't know, I don't know how that ha- like why that happens or what it is, yeah. but it's like it's a really intense emotional thing and. I'm like, I can't just like write a song like you. And he's like, and he kind of, he's like, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. And he's like, there comes a point in your writing process where you're like, okay, this is what works. And this is just, this is like a a process that I go through. And for me, I mean, I understand, I know how to manipulate my process into kind of making something happen, but I don't understand how, like, I I don't feel that I understand it still. (laughs) It's just like, maybe that's better though. It's a weird fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It doesn't seem like it's like, Listening to the record, it, you can see there's emotion into it. Yeah, like, like yeah. you can feel like it feels raw and it feels like real. Well, that's like, so like a, that's what people deserve, you know, and that's like, I, I don't like fake shit, and I mean nobody does. Yeah, no. People shouldn't. They should give themselves more credit than that. And I mean, I get bored really fast too. So unless it's like there's that emotional attachment to it, it's like I can't play the song, and I doubt anybody's gonna want to listen to it. <laughs> so, so is it more autobiographical in terms of your songwriting as opposed to like storytelling or? Well, I kind of go both ways. I think like, um, like I really like there's those songs that do just kind of come out out of emotion, but I really like I. It's cool to like find a story and like fester on that for a while, 
and just see what, how it comes out, you know. And a lot of times, like, there's personal attachment to how you deliver those stories, but there's definitely, um, like, Joey, for this record, Joey picked the mostly autobiographical songs. Like, there's a couple that aren't, but, um, but yeah, I'd say, like, out of those demos, like, a, a lot of the songs that I've been playing up to this record, like, I've been playing a lot of stuff I hadn't recorded, and a lot of those songs aren't on the record. Like the songs that I was like, yeah, these are the best ones. It's, it's like I wasn't playing those emotional ones. And I'm like, I'm just going to hide those ones. So, I mean, this isn't just a dude calling you up and saying, let's do a record, which is exciting in and of itself, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to have somebody interested in your music and say, hey, I want to I want to do a record with you. But it's, it's Joey Cape from Lagwagon. Yeah. I mean, at what point does, like the fanboy shit stop and you're like hey now we're just working together and we're peers or or is it still kind of like that a little bit i mean uh, like when you're looking at at when you're looking at a person like joey that like has done so much amazing shit it's like that's intimidating that's got to be intimidating but um he's like one he's a very down-to-earth dude and like his family was so welcoming when i was down there i mean it was pretty quick to like he gave me no reason to be a, f- a fanboy, you know what I mean? Like right. he was, he just made it super comfortable. But, but definitely still, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like if I have questions for them or something, and I'm like, I have to, you know, text Joey. It's like this is fucking weird. Like I'm texting Joey Capran. <laughs> like I better make this quick. <laughs> I don't want to bug him too much. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it, it is. It's sometimes it, it's kind of considering like where I was at, um, what I was doing like two years ago. I'm still kind of doing the same shit, but it's like, this is one of those little things that I, I don't know if I would have seen that happening in the foreseeable future, you know? So it is like a definite, it's definitely a, sometimes like you got to pinch, pinch yourself and be like, holy shit, like that's pretty sweet. If I was like, if I was 15 right now, I'd be stoked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I am stoked. But we talk like, about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wow, right on, man. And that's how I kind of try. I think of my life that way. It's like, okay, if I was eight years old right now and like, and like looking at myself, would I say, fuck yeah. Or would I be like, ah, oh, man, like, this is fucking lame. <laughs> so it's like one of those things. It's like, I think I'd be proud as an eight year old. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, so what's next then? Um, are you gonna do another record with one week, or is that like a one? T- like I don't, I haven't seen anybody do two records for them yet. So I'm just yeah. curious. Is that like a one time thing, or do you now do you go look around <clears throat> to record something yourself? And well, they're kind of like getting in. I think that they're starting to do second records for a lot of people right now. Um, I haven't talked to Joey about it. Like when I went down, he was like, "Let's do two records right now," and I was like, "Let's just try to get one out and see what, see if I can do that, and then maybe we'll do two. Come on, Seth, yeah. do it. He's like, Fucking, "Come on," but uh, I like we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. But that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, like I do have all these songs I've been writing as well. So I'm gonna have my vinyl coming out of the one week record mm-hmm. in the spring and. Um, I've been chatting with some other friends about kind of like a kind of like a punk rock project with a lot of the songs that aren't on the record as well cuz like I always just wanted to play in a punk rock band like <laughs> just like I didn't There's have still time. I still can do it. <laughs> yeah. But um but yeah, I'm I'm trying to get organized to get in the studio and I'd like I'd like to do a bunch of like uh like EPs and like releases that way but definitely I'm starting to get that itch to record again to record yeah and, and get some new stuff out 
Yeah, as an artist, like we've talked about this on our on our podcast before, you know, where it seems like there's a lot of bands or artists that, you know, put out EPs because it's just, you know, it's quicker. It's it's a quicker uh, connection to their fans, too. Yeah. Like their fans aren't waiting a year or two years for another full length record. Like, do yeah. you see that as an advantage, like to today's music and, you know, how it's distributed <laughs> and how it's consumed um, to being able to just put out an EP or a single and having people get it right away? Yeah, I mean... I think that's I think that's great. I mean, like I personally like getting an album, like a full album and um, like physical album, and connecting to like the whole piece of work. Like, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it is easier. I mean, like with Bandcamp and it's like I just um, released a song. I I put this song in a like a competition or something that for Alberta, um, and then I just put it up on my Bandcamp and put it out for free. And it was super easy, and like it took like a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went yeah, in the I, studio, and then I put it out. <laughs> like, it was super easy. Cost me two hundred bucks. <laughs> as, a, as a music collector, I'm kind of I'm so torn because there is a part of me that loves the access to mm-hmm. all those, like to getting that song or something like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's awesome! I just got a free song. Yeah. But I do miss that connection you sometimes have to that album, and I find yeah. that like it's kind of it seems like a catch twenty two for artists. Like, do I put it on an album or do I do it this way? Like, mm. it, I don't think there's a real answer anymore. I yeah. Know. And I mean, like for me, I just want to get as much stuff out as I can. Um, cause I don't like leaving stuff unfinished, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't like, I'm always afraid that I'm going to lose songs to time because I mean, if you like, I went five years without putting out a record. So there's some songs that I love back then that, um, didn't make that record. And I don't know if I'll ever put them out now. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, so I, for me, I'm just, I, I'm constantly thinking, okay, I, like, what's a different way to put out, you know, a few songs, like maybe do a split or, yeah, exactly. or something like that. But, but for full albums are what have molded, well, I think they're what mold people more so than like a single or something. Yeah. I, I, I don't have an answer. I like, that's what I'm wondering from you. Yeah. I just, like, I'm definitely an album kind of guy, I guess. Like, yeah. cause that's like, and that's what you come back to maybe you don't get it at first but two years later like you see it in a different light and it's yeah. like yeah i mean with uh with the one week family i mean there there's obviously a family there at least that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe i think you get as as a as a listener yeah. is that you know it's a, it's a tight-knit community of artists um so when you talk about splits like does that open the door up like is that something that you're entertaining maybe doing a, a split with chris cresswell or zach i love that yeah <laughs> chris if you're listening chris. i'm sure you're not but uh, <laughs> if you are <laughs> yeah um yeah i think that'd be really cool and i, I mean joey's always um throwing around ideas to mix it up too you know like uh, cover like doing cover stuff of other artists and the, in the family and that kind of thing but i think that'd be awesome if if uh if they would if we did that like through the label and i think that'd be a really cool idea just to give people a different kind of taste of it and, and but it's like the whole like the the big i think that it pulls in um like other labels like people listen to that band you know and maybe they'll check out other bands on that label but it takes a little bit more effort you really got to be looking for it but i have to, with the one the one week thing it's like instantly you're you're kind of people are hearing you that otherwise wouldn't just because like they're into that label you know it's like a it's more of a movement than it is just a yeah label. yeah yeah so if more doors i mean have you noticed a shift you know from putting this new record out on one week to you know within your career right now is is 
has there been a, a, an obvious shift in your mind, in your eyes? Well, I think, like, people don't ignore me, my emails as much. <laughs> Which is, like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Because people, like, that's just the way it is. People, it's so hard to, to get an answer from people yeah. a lot of the time. Um, so it definitely, it's, it's definitely helped. Like, so they've upgraded you from their spam filter to yeah. actually their, their I inbox. I put, like, exclamation marks in my, like, you know, you can, like, <laughs> make it red or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's been really good. And I mean, uh, like people, I think that sometimes people just need to hear for like, they need to be, be told like you should from somebody they respect, like this guy writes good songs. You should check them out. You know, yeah. like maybe they've heard my stuff before and they're like, okay, it's, you know, it's, they like it or they don't or whatever. But, um, like having a guy like Joey kind of say, Hey, this guy's okay. You should listen to him. Like that definitely helps. And people just take it more seriously. Like they take take the time to check it out does it make touring easier does it make booking shows easier like do you have is there anything with one week that kind of helps you you know along those roads uh, not just kind of pushing the record out but also also touring and uh, and you know playing with different acts yeah it definitely helps same thing like people don't ignore me I'm <laughs> 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 like bugging them about shows um, but yeah like we were talking about it's like every little thing kind of helps and a series of little things kind of add up to helping in bigger ways and this is like a big thing amongst all those little things that have added that add to the process of of um things getting a little easier with work and <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean the, the, i think there's more work that comes along with that but um but yeah it's just it's you, you get a bit more return from what you're putting in i guess it seems yeah yeah um just you know in terms of again with with the the one week record record that you put out um you said you know the album before was kind of a concept record mm -hmm. and then it was like 50 songs that you shipped off to joey so is this kind of your greatest hits no <laughs> i guess maybe <laughs> um yeah like we didn't put any songs on the on the one week record that i'd released before okay they were all like just uh just shit i've been thinking you know <laughs> just but kind of the gamut like from you know stuff you wrote a long time ago to newer stuff that maybe you wrote you I know more recently I, I sent some stuff i wrote like 10 years ago but none of that stuff made okay. it on record but um but yeah like uh like 24 for example that song i think i wrote probably five or six years ago when i was when i turned 30 so yeah it's a bit of a span so what I mean, uh, do you have do you have shows? Do you have tours coming up uh, either locally or uh, non-locally? Yeah, I've got uh, January is pretty awesome. Um, there's the big Winter Classic, which is the posters right there. Right. Um, and Joey is actually coming up for that, which is rad. And we're gonna do uh, an Edmonton show and Calgary show, and um, Northcote is out for that as well. And uh, I'm gonna bring those guys out to Canmore on the 24th of January, and um, then I'm gonna go to Fernie with them for the 25th so I've got a few shows there and I'm just trying to work out my summer right now and finally get like I've always been really bad at being you know like six months in advance and whatnot so I'm trying to plan out um some summer dates and like get trying to get to Europe and and get to the states and um, have you been there before like I've never no I never have musically I, no I've played in the UK a little bit but um that was more like I was traveling and 
I brought my guitar and I played like two shows or something. <laughs> it's a tour. It was a tour, yeah. I mean, I really promo the shit out of it and people believe me. So. Handing up business cards, yeah. international musician. Yeah, that's me. So, so yeah, I'm trying to do that and trying to not scare people and actually have a good organization. And uh, yeah, like I said, I have a vinyl coming out in the spring for the one week record, which is pretty exciting. So just trying to get get on the road as much as i can i mean that's kind of where i'd like to be most most times is touring so um trying to make that more of a reality i guess than last minute planning stuff and are you writing right now like is there yeah are you in the process of you know demoing another 50 songs to send to joey <laughs> well i'm like i'm writing i've been thinking about thing a lot of things and <laughs> some songs that are unfinished and working on those and um kind of playing around the idea with some side project stuff in Calgary too. I've, I've lived here the last year and um, it's pretty awesome being around the music scene here and there's a lot of really great musicians and it's kind of inspired me to start up like a, you know, a, a side punk rock band or something with all, because I have this excess of material that I need to do something with. So, so you're kind of going the other way as opposed to the punk rocker that turns acoustic, you're going acoustic to <laughs> yeah. turn punk rocker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a successful kind of blueprint, I think. <laughs> and the reward is you don't hate your life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that matters. Yeah. You're never too old to join a band. <laughs> So we do, uh, you know, our podcast has the spirit of uh, top five lists. Mm -hmm. And uh, what are your top five uh, albums for this year? Um, I thought about this a lot. Uh, my favorite record of this year that I, and my favorite record that I own right now is the new Audio Rocketry okay, yeah. album. Um, I've been like a, a really big fan of Joe Vickers for a long time for his solo stuff and also like Audio Rocketry's old albums. And, and their new album is sweet. I love it. Um, and also the new John K. Sampson record I really like. Yeah, yeah. And it's my first, like, I've never been, a, like, a, a big Weaker Thans fan, or I've never had any of his albums. Okay. So I got it, and I, like, it's one of those ones that it took me some time to, like, figure out what, like, what the, what, like, why is this guy so fucking good? And yeah, then, yeah. He just is. He's an incredible lyricist. Oh, man, he's insane. Yeah, yeah. really good. Have you guys heard the Zach Quinn one week? Yeah. 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 I yeah. love that record. That's really great. Um, and such, like, a contrast from the pair stuff which i love too but um, well big contrast yeah, yeah crazy but zach's like one of those dudes he's just like he's got like such a like gets so much presence you know like when he, he just sits on stage with his electric guitar and like he's so mellow but it's like he's projecting this massive <laughs> yeah it's so cool he seems like a very intense guy well he's just yeah he's He's just the fucking man. Like, you know how some people, you're like, this guy's the fucking man. And that's the, like, I'm that's... never that guy, so... That's actually how Mike refers to me most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So I like that record a lot. And I love the, like, the new Chicks Dig It record. Okay, yeah. Is, is great. Like, I've always been a big... That was, like, one of the first punk rock bands I got into. And, and like, KJ's such a great songwriter. And, and that's just, like, the, the fact that he wrote an entire record as one song is amazing to me yeah it's different i mean yeah. I, I think the decline was the only other yeah. one i can think of that and also like i love the i love the concept of it too because like the it's it's about the the last year that mark was in the band right which is like that's awesome man like that's kj's best friend from childhood you know like and 
that's like a big year for well and it's weird because i don't think that's like out there like i don't think a lot of people know about that and once Oops. i'd heard about that <laughs> yeah way to go Seth. Yeah, <laughs> he makes your career <clears throat> and now you're gonna break his yeah um <laughs> but uh still got acdc on my yeah. side <laughs> <laughs> but i think like i think it's important to know because it that context really mm-hmm. lends itself to uh, enjoying the record more i thought yeah, yeah I, I thought the first listen i was like oh this is cool and mm-hmm. it was like kind of kitschy, and then I heard that story, and I was like, yeah. and then I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, this is really good. It's like, like oh, KJ it, it has feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Come on, drove the coca hola. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Toilet seats coming down. Gags up. Kids got feelings. <laughs> I want to hump you. What's more feeling than that? Yeah, a really good KJ story is we did a tour um, in the in the the spring, on in eastern Canada. Yeah. And originally my mom was going to, like, KJ loves, he's like a mom guy, you know, he gets on with moms really well. And and my mom was going to drive us around the East Coast, but it came down to her just coming to pick us up in Quebec City. So, like, the first show we were playing, there was, like, there wasn't a really big crowd there. It was a pretty mellow show, but my mom had, like, just driven from Heartland, which is, like, a six-hour drive, and gets there. She's kind of tired. She watches my set, and then KJ's playing, and his first song, he's, like, getting everybody to sing. And my mom, like, she was just having a snack and hanging out. Like, she just drove and was tired. And KJ's like, Mark, like, he just met her. Mark, everybody in this place is singing and clapping along with me. And you, you're sitting there eating a bag of chips. <laughs> and they called her out. <laughs> so did you have to fight him after the show? No, it was hilarious. From that point on, she just, like, chirped him the entire <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and then him, and now my mother my mother and him are like best friends, which is hilarious. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be a little weird that your mom's best friends with KJ. Yeah, like um, she, I think that she just came to visit and the plan was she was going to not stay with me. She was going to go stay with KJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, funny. That's four, I think, right? Yeah, we're up to four. Four. And then, uh, oh, what was my fifth one I had? <laughs> um Oh, the, the new Belvedere record. Okay. I really enjoy that a lot as well. That's like, I've, I've like, first time I saw them, I was 18 in my friend's basement in Ireland. Oh, wow. And they kind of blew my mind back then. And, uh, yeah, their new record, I just fucking, it's like, I feel that, like, they're, like, watching them play now, it's, it's like they get, they're getting better, you know, <laughs> with age. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, their new record, I, I really like that a lot as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, good luck with 2017, man. Thank you. And uh, congratulations on the one-week record. Yeah, thanks and, very uh, much. And thanks for doing this. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. Woke up from December And I could not feel your gaze Woke up with the fear that I can't change And I woke up from a nightmare where our years ran out of days And time would not permit if we don't pay But we were more than guilt Of unloving kind of lies Maybe only sinners that grew tired Started out believing in something I can't define When beauty never came from a design
said if we believe it how can it not be right the life we choose begins within our minds and we said there would be freedom within each other's eyes but freedom never came without the fight but we were more than guilt of unloving kind of lie maybe only sinners that grew tired started out believing in something I can't define Never came from a design And we were more than kills Of a loving kind of life Maybe only sinners that grew tired Started out believing In something I can't define Never came from a design